Blog Talk Radio. talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you're going to get a heavy dose of my opinion. The number to call is 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show, blocktalkradio.com slash began. You can catch us on Spotify. You can catch us on GoForRadio.com, iHeart.com, everywhere. We're out there. Stitcher, you name it, we're out there. Listen to us. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. And we're going to be talking all things NFL. A lot of things to talk about around the league, the Chiefs. Mahomes, he's expected to come back. Cam Newton, he's probably played his last game in Carolina. So we got a lot to talk about. Antonio Brown, he's ranting and raving. A lot to get to. So we're going to talk that with Willie Rose. Also, we got to talk some NBA. Got a lot of things going on. Load management. Load Management. I mean, we've heard a lot about that term. We've heard a lot about that term. Load management. What the heck does that mean? Well, we kind of know what it means. It means rest. It means relaxation. It means privation. It means you get the night off. That's what load management. That's what that means. And so load management and Kawhi Leonard. Here's the reality of the situation. Kawhi Leonard last year for the Toronto Raptors, the reality of the situation is one of the reasons that he had the level of success that he had in the playoffs and throughout the regular season was the Raptors managed Kawhi Leonard. They managed him very well. I mean, they were able to keep Kawhi Leonard fresh. They were able to keep Kawhi Leonard healthy. And they were able to get Kawhi Leonard through the season and into the NBA Finals. That probably doesn't happen without load management. So, you look at the situation now with Kawhi Leonard and load management. Well, obviously, he missed a big game, television game, national televised game 
against the Milwaukee Bucks because of load management. And obviously, marquee matchup, marquee game, you obviously want to see the big guys. And those big guys, you want to see Kawhi Leonard go up against Giannis. You want to see that. That was a game you wanted to see. It was nationally televised. It was two of the best players in the NBA. And as we know, the NBA, it's it's all about stars. Stars grow the game. Stars make the NBA what the NBA is. It's all about the stars. And so when you have a situation where Kawhi Leonard is not playing, that's one of your stars. Now, I get it from the Clippers' standpoint. At the end of the day, Doc Rivers is judged by whether or not this team wins. And in order for the Clippers to win an NBA title, Kawhi Leonard has to be at his best. Kawhi Leonard has to be Kawhi Leonard. And right now, Paul George is out. But at the end of the day, when Paul George comes back, you're going to need a healthy Paul George. You're going to need a healthy Kawhi Leonard if you want to get to the NBA Finals and win an NBA championship. It's that simple. And in order for that to happen, load management. You need load management. You need it. It's a it's an ugly, dirty little term. It's a term that Guys like Michael Jordan, legends of this game, Charles Barkley, those guys, when they hear load management, they don't want to hear that. Because those were guys who who battled and played 80-plus games in the regular season. Now, here's the thing. The science is the science. And if the science, I mean, we look at Kawhi Leonard, and, and you look at, the finals, conference finals, and through, you know, parts of the playoffs, he was limping. He was limping. He limped his way through. Kawhi was special. And obviously the Toronto Raptors don't win an NBA title without Kawhi Leonard and without a healthy Kawhi Leonard. And it it did help that Clay Thompson got hurt. It did help that Kevin Durant got hurt. I mean, those things helped. That didn't hurt. That helped. And that's one of the reasons Toronto Raptors are world champions. I don't think, and I think a lot of people would agree with me, I don't think the Raptors win that series if Kevin Durant is healthy. Heck, I don't even know if they win that series if Klay Thompson is healthy. Because you remember, Klay tore his ACL in game six. But before he tore his ACL, he was cooking. Clay Thompson was cooking. And, and he was playing some big-time basketball before he went out with injury. Clay Thompson was balling. He was balling. And because he was balling, because he was playing some big-time basketball, 
I don't. I, I think the Warriors probably win Game Six, and you know it's all revisionist history, so it really doesn't matter at this point because what's done is what's done, and what happened is what happened. But you get that Warriors team in a Game Seven. I don't care if it's in Toronto. You got a guy like Steph Curry who can go crazy. You got a guy like Clay Thompson who can go crazy. So you put two of those guys in a game seven, guys that can shoot the lights out, guys that can shoot it from anywhere in the building, anywhere in the gym. You mean to tell me with those two guys in a game seven, you don't give the Warriors a legitimate chance? I do, and I think a lot of people, other people do as well. So the reality of the situation is this. In order for Kawhi Leonard to be and to have and to do what the Raptors, excuse me, what the Clippers want him to do, he has to be healthy. And he has, in order for that to happen, there has to be low management. And that's the bottom line. So, as a fan, obviously, if if you, let's just say you're in Philadelphia, and the only time you're going to see Kawhi Leonard, you're going to see one time. And let's just say Kawhi Leonard is doing a little low management. Well, guess what? You're not going to see Kawhi Leonard in a 2019-2020 NBA season. That stinks. Especially a guy who is a healthy scratch. That stinks. But at the end of the day, you look at the situation with the Philadelphia 76ers. If you're the LA Clippers and the 76ers stroll into town and John B, low management, well, guess what? You're the Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Clippers fans. You miss out on Joel Embiid for that particular 2019-2020 season. That's reality. It is what it is. But as a 76ers fan, guess what? Joel Embiid needs to be healthy for the playoffs. So if load management is going to make Joel Embiid a healthy player, Come money time, come crunch time, come playoff time, then I'm all good. I am all good with Joel Embiid load managing. I'm good with it. And and quite frankly, I don't have much of a beef. Because let's let's look at it. NFL season 16 games. Every game matters. So there's not much load managing going on in the National Football League. Every game counts. It's only 16 of them. But you look at NBA, Major League Baseball, I mean, you're talking about 82 games. It's a long schedule. That's a lot of games. And you talk about, let's just say Kawhi plays 82 regular season games, and if the Clippers go where many people believe they could go, You're talking about 100-plus games at that point. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of wear and tear on your body, especially with a guy who struggled with health. 
That's a lot. So, I get it. I understand it. I'm not mad at the Clippers. I'm not mad at Kawhi Leonard. He's got to do what he's got to do, and the Clippers have to do what they have to do in order for him to stay healthy come playoff time, come NBA Finals time. And I know we're early into the season, but barring any injury, any injury excuse me, I don't see the Clippers. I, I can't see them not at least making the Western Conference Finals. I can't see it. With that level of talent, with, 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 with that, with, with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and, and Lou Williams off the – I mean, they, they just got talent. That was a that was a team that scrapped last year and, 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 and clawed for everything that they got. But that team now with two superstars, bona fide superstars, two arguably top ten players, top five maybe if you want to argue players with the Clippers, it's difficult. It's difficult for for that team, in my opinion, not to at least make the Western Conference Finals. And again, in order for that to happen, a little load managing has to go on. And again, as fans, you could be mad, you could be angry, you could be upset, but at the end of the day, the Los Angeles Clippers are going to do what they got to do to get Kawhi from this point to the Western Conference Finals or the playoffs in general and beyond. It is what it is. We're going to bring in a guy now, a Hall of Famer. Done a lot of big things in the National Football League. Let's bring him in now, Hall of Famer, Willie Rove. Willie. Paul, how you doing? How are you? Good. So, Willie, Good, let's traveling. Get, how you doing? Let's get right down to it. So, we look at Cam Newton put on injured reserve. At this point, it, it's very evident at this point, almost pretty obvious. You look at Cam Newton. You look at the savings that the Panthers could have. I mean, the Panthers would save $19.1 million on their cap next season by moving on from Cam Newton. So at the end of the day, it's pretty much a, a done deal. In your opinion, Cam Newton has probably played his last game in Carolina. Yeah, it, you know what? It was already a possibility anyway because of what happened last year, and he's been hurt the last two, couple of years, right, Paul? He's been injured some. So I think he was going to have to have a big year anyway. So uh, with, the, with the foot injury and everything going on, the way this kid's played, I think uh, he has – he has played his last game. Uh, they got to pay some other guys. You know, uh, the, the little running backs coming up about to get a new deal. So they got some players, the cornerback, the young kid. So they got some guys they got to pay. So I think uh, I think they're going to head in a different direction. And, uh, you know, I wish Cam the, West, the best. And I think he needed some time to let that body rest up anyway, Paul. How much, how much do you think he has left? 30 years old. I mean, he's taking a beating. 
but he's still young. How, how much does Cam Newton have left? How many hits does he have left in that body? Can he change his game? I think for him, the last in the league, he's going to have to change his game to more of a pocket quarterback, run a little bit, but he's going to have to, he's going to, have to change his game to a pocket quarterback. The problem is we don't know what's going on with that shoulder, and he hasn't been accurate uh, since that injury to his arm. And really, to be honest with you, Paul, since he took that that that, whoop, that hitting and the, the beating he took against Denver in that Super Bowl, I mean, he hasn't been the same quarterback. So, I mean, can he turn into a drop-back quarterback? He's not going to be able to continue to run around like he used to. He's getting older, so he's going to turn into a drop-back quarterback. And then how accurate is he going to be? Last year, he started off real well, and then he, then he fell apart, you know. And when they start off on that on that good run last year, so can he maintain it for the years? Going to be what 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 a team has to see. So somebody will give him a chance. It's not going to be a long term deal, but somebody will give him a, a two or three year deal, and uh, to see if he can come back and be the player he used to be. Now, probably the guarantees will be on that first year, just to see what he what he can do. And you look at you look at scrambling quarterbacks. Look at a guy like Randall Cunningham. Earlier in his career, I mean, he was all about scrambling. He moved around. Obviously, he had a rocket arm. He, he could do a lot of great things. And ultimately, his best year in the NFL happened in 1998 when he was a pocket passer with the Minnesota yeah. Vikings. And, and that's, yes. we saw that's the best Randall we've seen. I mean, obviously, it wasn't the high-flying, exciting plays, but we saw a guy – who became a pocket passer and was very good at it and made a lot of plays. And there was a Gary Anderson field goal away from going to the Super Bowl. So it is possible, but we'll see if he can change his game. And, and even Michael Vick on some level, when he came back his second time with the Eagles, he became a, pa- a better passer. And that's what, you know, obviously he took his game to kind of the next level with the Philadelphia Eagles during that 2010 season, that special season that he had, probably his best season as a quarterback. I mean, a passing quarterback. And so it is possible. We'll see how possible it will be. So we look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs, it is expected at this point that Patrick Mahomes will start against the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. Looking at the Chiefs at this point, I look at the Chiefs, and I still look at this team, and I think this is a team that is obviously Super Bowl caliber, you know, obviously a little bit of a slow start. But I think this team can take off with a healthy Patrick Mahomes in the second half of the season. How do you see it? Yeah, I think so, too. I think that Moore Moore has done a great job. Matt Moore has really stepped up. I think the key, though, is they've been running the ball a lot more effectively the last few weeks. And the games we went through, they weren't running the ball. They were trying to let Patrick Mahomes throw the ball 50 times. That's not the way they're going to be successful. They're going to be successful establishing the run, setting up the play action, spreading the field like they did more with more. They should have took that, that philosophy even when Patrick Mahomes was back there instead of trying to let him throw the ball 50 times a game. So I think that philosophy will change, Paul, when he comes back. Also, that injury, he will be three weeks out when the game starts, so I think he will be fine with it. 
uh, as long as the damage, they said was no damage. So three weeks out is the number. But I do think the real key to them is establishing the run, obviously having Tyreek Hill back and him getting into the flow has really opened up that offense. He's a, he's a fantastic player. But them being able to establish the run has changed the, 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 the mindset. And you saw that big run they, they ran off the, uh, last week with that running back. So I'm excited yeah. about seeing them uh, finish up this season. So we look at and we look at the New England Patriots. We're in the AFC. We're looking at the New England Patriots. We look at a football team, yes, eight and one, but you look at the victories. Steelers in week one, Dolphins, Jets twice, beat the Bills, beat the Redskins, I mean beat the Browns. I mean, none of these teams are over five. Well the Steelers none of these teams are big time football teams. None of these teams are good. And, you know, you could argue the Steelers are okay at this point. They're four and four. But everybody else are sub they're sub five hundred teams and are not very good football teams. And last week we saw the Patriots go into Baltimore, get beat up a little bit by the Ravens. In your opinion, are the Patriots a little mm-hmm. overrated at this point? The, are you saying uh, the Patriots? Yes. The Patriots are still a very good football team. The key to beating the Patriots is getting after Tom Brady up the middle, putting some pressure on him, and and getting him out of his comfort zone. If you can do that against the Patriots, which is hard to do sometimes, if you let him get in the rhythm, he's going to beat anybody. But if you get him and you make him turn the ball over and get him out of his comfort zone, you're going to have a chance. Now, how many teams can do that, Paul? The defense has been playing exceptional this year. It's only one It's only one game, and he didn't look good early in the season. But getting Tom Brady out of his comfort zone, not letting those receivers get off and get going early, and then establishing the run. How many teams have been able to establish the run against that defense? They were able to establish the run. And they got Lamar Jackson. He's a game changer. So any team with a quarterback like that is going to give the Patriots problem. If if you let the Patriots, the problem is the Patriots haven't been able to run the ball. They've been banged up up front. And if they can't run the ball and establish run and they let them throw the ball all day, they're having problems. They were able to do well when they established the run. The run is the key. But if you can get after Tom Brady and get him off his spot and get pressure up him up the gut, then you're going to have success against the New England Patriots. And you look at the Patriots, the next few weeks, I think, are going to tell us a lot about this football team. You have at Philadelphia two weeks from today. You have the Cowboys. You got the Texans. You got the Chiefs. So next four will tell us something about the Patriots, how good they truly are. Because, I, you know, it's a lot easy to do some big things against the New York Jets. It's a lot easier to do some big things against the Redskins and the Giants and the, the Dolphins. It's another thing to do it against the Chiefs and, and the Texans and even the Eagles for that matter. I mean, so we'll see. We'll see what this Chiefs, this, uh, excuse me, this Patriots team is all about. I have my questions. I have my doubts. But we got to see what happens. I mean, they're still a formidable football team. They're still a very good football team. But we got to see how this thing plays out. We're talking to Hall of Famer. Willie Russell, Willie, Antonio Brown, you know, he went crazy on Twitter again, you know, talking about he's done with football, then kind of changing his tune and and pulling back from that. I I look at it this way. I mean, 
if I'm a football team and I can get him cleared to play in 2019, I think I would go after him from the simple standpoint is that he has to be on his best behavior. He's really running out of time in terms of his future. So as far as I'm concerned, if I can get him cleared to play in 2019, I would go after him. But I don't think he plays in 2019. How do you see Antonio Brown? Do you think he plays this year? Paul, the problem is his erratic behavior. I mean, you, you say you want to play, you're going to meet with the league, then the next minute you're saying you're quitting football. And this, I'm a, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, focused on what he was doing, and he wasn't focused on uh, – on, on, on when he was with the with the with the Raiders, it was the helmet, it was this, it was that, uh, and and it and it, and it, it was it was it was a fiasco at training camp the whole time. So my my deal is, my deal is, the, the, I don't know I don't know his personality and what what he's doing, and I don't know uh, I don't know I don't know if I can trust him to be on the team because he doesn't know what, what he doesn't know uh, whether he wants to play or not. I don't feel like he knows whether he wants to play or not. So. You know all the stuff that happened at camp. When everybody had to, everybody had to have a new helmet, and everybody had to had to abide by those guidelines. And what I'm saying to you is, I don't know if this guy is mentally stable, and I don't know if he really wants to play football. Because one minute he's saying he wants to play, and the next minute he's saying he's quitting. Which one is it? So I don't right. trust him in that matter mentally, thinking he's going to stay there and just come to work every day and play football and be on time and be accountable, that's where I question whether he really wants to play football, and I don't know if he does. Now, I look at it from this standpoint. When he was doing those things with the Raiders, you know, he had that guaranteed money there. That guaranteed money was there. You know, he thought, obviously, obviously he got away with a lot of stuff in terms of the helmet. He did a lot of different things during that training camp. But that guaranteed money was there. The guaranteed money isn't there anymore. So without the guaranteed money, he's going to have to be on his best behavior. Now, I understand what you're saying in terms of his, his, the way he's acting. He may not be able to be on his best behavior. And that is, and that is a legitimate concern from, from any team standpoint. But I look at it, if you take a flyer on him, the reality is you're going to get a team-friendly deal so if he starts acting up, if he starts doing some things, if he starts acting erratic, you can move on from him. So to me, if you get an Antonio Brown and he's on his best behavior, you're talking about maybe the best wide receiver in football. Oh, so, but this is the deal. He's got to be on his best behavior. He hasn't been on his best behavior this whole time. He's got to go meet with the league. And he doesn't want to go do that. He to conform to what the league is telling him to do. He's got to go meet with the league and get this stuff, this harassment with this girl. And I don't. And I think they, they had a personal relationship with. And how dumb, Paul, did he look right now leaving the Raiders? If he's on the Raiders team, they're six and three right now. Probably they've got another win. He's moving to Vegas next year. They're moving to Vegas. He wants to be a social media star. He could have gone and showed up at, at a club party and did appearances and got who knows how much money in Las Vegas. It's no state tax. Why would you mess that up with the race 
moving to Vegas in a new stadium, they're selling out the stadium they're in, and they and the fans know they're leaving. They have a loyal fan base. That was the perfect situation for him, and he and he ruined that situation. I don't understand how it's going to work somewhere else if it's not going to work with the Raiders. They they were letting him get away with it. John Gruden was let was trying to keep him there and was calling him and was going to look after him. Nobody's going to going to do that, Paul, with him. And if it's the, and if it's a young coach in the league that doesn't have the experience, they're not going to be able to deal with Antonio. It's going to have to be a, a veteran coach that's been around a bunch of veteran players to be able to keep him in line. So it's going to be a tricky situation either way it goes. Yeah, definitely. But I just feel like, and to your point, the Raiders situation was the perfect situation for him. You know, obviously he was he's, he's an outlaw in some respect. He's going to Las Vegas. I mean, he had everything that he could ever desire in terms of being a Raider. And he messed it up. He messed it up. He went too far. He took it too far. He didn't know when to stop. But I also believe he kind of felt that he could do those things. And I think he, I don't think he thought the Raiders were going to do what they did, but they did it. He's gone. And it is what it is. But we'll see what happens. I would be shocked, surprised if he plays in 2019, because I don't think they'll get the situation investigated or resolved fast enough for all that to happen. So for Antonio Brown, he's probably going to sit this one out, and that's going to be a that's a frustrating situation for him, but to kind of put it on himself in a lot of ways. So we look at going back to we talked about Cam Newton, and you know he's a running quarterback, and ultimately he's dealt with some injuries, and now you know he's out for the year. We look at Lamar Jackson, and he's exciting. I mean, he can do some amazing things on the football field. But you look at Michael Vick, another guy who was exciting, who did some amazing things on the football field. Michael Vick took a beating, a big-time beating, and had a hard time at points of his career staying healthy. We look at Lamar Jackson. He's young. So, obviously, when you're young, he's only 22 years old. You could do some special things with your body, and your body can tolerate some things. But I'm looking at his style of play. I'm looking at some of the hits that he's taken. I can't see this working for a long period of time. At some point, you know, this is going to catch up to him. How do you see the situation with Lamar Jackson? No, well, Lamar does have a great arm. Lamar's accurate. He has a great arm. I think Lamar, he's throwing the ball. He's learning how to read defenses. Lamar's going to be fine. He's got a, he's got a, he's getting a little bigger, his body. He's, he's, he, you know, remember, remember, uh, Robert Griffin had tore his knee up in college before. Robert hadn't right. had a serious injury. I mean, Lamar hadn't had a serious injury. Lamar's body, he, he does. He takes some blows, but Lamar knows how to get down, and he's so fast, he runs out of bounds. As long as he's not taking those shots, he's sliding, and he's getting out of bounds, he'll be okay. But he has to keep developing developing as a passer, which he is working on. But, but they do use his legs a lot in their offense. They eat him out. They do the most of those certain plays of anybody, Paul, where he's like an like option quarterback. I know they had about seven of those against the, the Patriots, but they, they can't just I mean, you, you, the problem is if you pull on him, then, then Mark then Mark is getting off on him. Now he's throwing the ball. It's, it's, as long as he's able to do, they have that triple threat. It's hard to pin on something. So I think he uh, he will 
Again, he struggled at times. And this Jacksonville football team played well at times, struggled at times. But you look at Jacksonville moving forward. Nick Foles, at least for the 